What up? How do you at the RPC? Sorry, my voice is uh, kind of shitty. Work has been crazy. By the way, speaking of work, if you want to support the podcast that would be supporting me, if you're looking to buy or refinance loans with Huddy.com, hit me up. So, this country has been going through some crazy stuff. And my story tonight <clears throat> is a story of, of going through some other crazy stuff that this country, not just me, but this country has gone through. And, you know, I want to tell you that the reason why I want to talk about this is because I think, you know, in America, I, I really feel like we have short memories and, and where that comes from is uh, a simple fact that, you know, if you've never gone through addiction or if you've never, um, if you've never gone through hard times, it seems like that, you know, we just have these super short memories and keep in mind, you know, when I talk about this, I want to be clear about something. Our country is not old. We act tough and we are, and we talk tough and we are, and we've had some amazing, amazing developments that have made the world better, but we're a very young country and I am someone who is first generation born in the United States and I have been able to trace my family back uh, over a thousand years back to England, Ireland, Scotland, you know, those places. And so when we look at, I mean, think about that. Okay, you think about your parents and what they've been through. And hopefully you've learned from them. And they've been around. So I'm 44, so my mom's like in her 70s. Dad's 70s. My grandpa's 97. Oh my gosh. And he's just now going to part-time because he feels like he needs to slow down and play some more golf. But you think about that, you know, even if you think about my grandfather who's 97, that's only 97 years. That's it. I just said that my family, my family has been traced back to over a thousand years old. Like we're well over a thousand years old in Europe, in Ireland, in England. And our country is so young yet we've accomplished so much. So my point behind all this, and, and, you know, when I went through all my stuff, you know, that's when I started to, to discover all that and decide that I'm actually going to learn from it because there's got to be some good stuff. Because when I think about, you know, just my business and, and what I've been through, I, I've been doing, I've been slinging mortgages and credit and doing that kind of stuff for, oh my God, 21, 22 years, something like that. So I've seen the dot-com era, uh, September 11th, the housing boom, the housing crash, the recession, the rebuild, 
COVID-19 now, right? There's been a lot of different economic climates just in my lifetime as an adult, as someone in business, as an adult. And I'm a young 44-year-old, let me tell you. But think about, just for a minute, with our country, if we would have the experience. Our country. I'm not talking about Europe, and I'm not talking about England and Ireland, you know, who have been around for thousands of years. China, thousands of, well, China, God, don't get me started, but, you know, those countries are, they're struggling too during this time, and it seems as though we're, we're handling it better. Imagine if we would have had thousands of years of experience. Imagine that. So there's countries, many, many, many countries that have had societies, that have had technology, that have had, you know, all these good things. And they've come through these eras and they're struggling worse than us. And we're so young as a country. So we have to have hope. And where that word comes from, to me, you know, because I talk about hope a lot. I've needed a lot of hope in my life. But uh, um, a client of mine, his name is Tom, and he's an older gentleman, and he's still thriving in, in his business. He's, he's in his 70s, right? Tom would kill me if I talked about this. But I absolutely love Tom and his wife and his kids. They're such a good family. And that's what he talks about, is just having hope and realizing that as a country, and he looks at me and he's like, John, you're, you're just a young man. You have no idea what we've been through as a country. But we've always had hope. We've always had a work ethic. And we've always made it through to the other side. And he's right. So I think about my grandfather, who's 97 years old. Born in 1917. So he's been through just on, let's just talk about wars. Uh, he was uh, an aviator in World War II. And then we had Vietnam, or we had Korea, then Vietnam. The gas shortages where there was lines back in 1980. But it's a good thing the hockey team won the gold medal, beat the Russians, gave our country hope, right? <clears throat> so, you know, the Great Depression, all these different things that happened, you know, the Roaring Twenties, the Great Depression, and all these other different economic climates that we've had, many, in our young country, we've always pulled through because as Americans, we've always had hope. And that's something that I had in my life. Now think about this, okay? I'm going to get a drink of water. Because I've been talking a lot today. I've been talking a lot for like the last two weeks, people wondering what's going on in the, in the mortgage and real estate industry. I won't bore you with that. But hope... 
right? And in my life, in my 44 years, in the summary version, here's what I'll tell you. That when I was young, there was a lot of years when April 15th came around and the power would get turned off. And here's what that means. If you've never lived in Minnesota or you're not in Minnesota, what you might not realize is that you don't have to pay your energy bill all winter. But then April 15th hits and it's all due. And if you can't pay it, that's when they can shut you down. And my mom, or my ma, who I affectionately call her, you know, we were, it was my ma, my sister, and me. She couldn't afford that shit. I mean, hell, my fucking house. I mean, you'd sit on the couch, and you could feel the breeze coming through in December, right? So so that that heat bill in the wintertime was like a $450 to $500 bill. You think my single mom is going to be able to pay for that? Fuck no, dude. So, you know, there's a lot of years where power would just get turned off. And what's funny is, you know, growing up as a kid, people thought I always had, you know, all this money or my family had all this money. You know, and it just wasn't the case. You know, we, you know, the, the kind of the fun story that I like to talk about is because, you know, you know, I talk about, um, you know, people like, oh man, dinner sucked last night, this and that. What'd you have, honey? It's like, well, I had steak. Like, oh, you're a rich kid, you know, whatever, of course. I'm like, nah. So here's here's the story of the steak. So my mom worked on Rice Street. And and where she worked on Rice Street, not that cool of a place, right? I mean, the place she worked, she's been there forever. She's still there. Um, but she would go to this bar called Ron's Bar. It's not there anymore. But And, and the guy would come in, the meat guy. <laughs> Kind of like, you know, you remember those uh, those movies from the 80s or whatever, and, and they'd show them in New York, and the, and the guy would open up his, his trench coat. You want to buy a watch? And he'd open up one side, and he'd had, he had all these watches. Then he'd open up the other side. He'd be like, yo, you want to buy a bracelet? You want to buy a necklace? And he'd have all these gold necklaces. Well, that was the meat guy in Rice Street. He'd walk into Ron's bar, and he'd be like, Hey, you want to buy some steak? Oh, steak's not your thing? I got pork chops. I got chicken. I got brats. What you want, right? So so basically, the meat guy was the Robin Hood, and he would steal the shit out of Rainbow Foods, which he's probably a contributor of why that place went out of business. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't know. But it's fun to say that. And my mom would buy meat from the Ron's Bar meat guy, right? The Race Street meat guy. And that's how I would get steak. That's how I would get fed. That, you know, and then eventually later, that guy did so good that the vegetable guy was coming around, right? And, um, you know, so, you know, we had those types of things, you know, growing up. So I grew up poor like that. And, um. You know, I realized that, and it, you know, it was rough, you know, whatever. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. My childhood wasn't, wasn't super rough. My mom loved me, and I could tell. She showed it to me all the time. And um, my sister loved me, even though she didn't show it to me all the time back then. She does now. You know, we're old, right? We're older, so. Um, then, you know, as I got older and I had this desire, this desire, right, to prove all the naysayers wrong. Like, I wanted to prove people wrong. And the naysayers mainly was my grandfather. My grandfather was always super successful, and he um, he always told me, you know, just get a basic job and work real hard. Maybe in 10 years you'll get a promotion, and maybe in another 10 years you'll get another promotion, and you'll be able to finally support your family. That's what my grandfather said to me. <laughs> Fucking kidding me. But keep in mind, this was also the man who who would make me dig a ditch, move the dirt 50 yards, dig another ditch, and then just fill that ditch up. He was also the man that, that uh, made me start working when I was 12 and told me at 12, uh, you don't have a dad. You're 12. You're now the man of the family. Right? <laughs> My gramps is old school. He's 97. Keep that in mind. And he's Irish. So there is that. But, you know, gramps had intention behind that. And I don't think with the amount of things that I've been through without gramps sculpting some of that hardcore fucking work ethic into me that I would be the man I am today and let me just run through the quick laundry list and it will be quick so I've been in Time Magazine I've been in the Wall Street Journal I've done countless radio interviews for the mortgage industry I have also gone through foreclosure, car repossessions, plural, like five of them, including my motorcycle, uh, divorce, lost the ability to see my kids, back to child support, IRS issues. Some good times. To then rebuilding. And you know that that you know I I, I went through uh, some therapies and different treatments and different things because I may have been arrested half a dozen times and spent quite a few nights in jail. Whatever. If you've listened to my other podcasts, you, you can hear those story some of those stories. I haven't told them all yet, but. Um, you know, I've been through some fucking shit, you know, people, you know, in my sphere or what I should call in my Facebook and Instagram world, you know, they see what I am now 
you know, they see this rock star mortgage guy and, uh, you know, crushing it and whatever else. And, you know, not too many people know that I was living in my car. I was begging and pleading to live with my mom. She kicked me out after I'd been kicked out of my ex-wife's, my house, which was with my ex-wife. And she's like, beat it. Um, you know, I too much drinking, you know, whatever, you know, who cares? Been through a lot of shit is the point. And, you know, when you, when you put all this together and I'm, I remember there's one time, man, I, t- I tell you, you know, I was, um, I was in my grandpa's basement I was living there and I, I was, um, I was fucking hammered and, and I, I, I'll just tell you, we, I, I had this, uh, kind of broken down lazy boy that I would sit in and watch TV and, and, um, you know, the leaky air mattress that I slept on, which sucked cause I'd wake up, wake up on this son of a bitch and I'd be on the cement floor half my body on the cement floor half of it's elevated up just because of the way it would deflate my fat ass right (laughs) but you know the um you know just going through that and and then making it to the other side because these you know if you're like you know how you have your friends that have known you through all of your stuff and they like get you. And then you have like new friends, you know, that have known you for a year or two and they see, well, oh, this guy's successful. He's got, uh, he's got a family and he's got this and he's that. Well, great dad. And oh, he's super, super, super. Wonder how he did it. I mean, this is just awesome. Well, motherfucker. Yeah, it's awesome. But here's what it took. Okay. This is what annoys the absolutely fuck out of me for a guy like me. You know, not everybody's built equally. Some people, you know, they're just successful all the time and I'm God love them. I I have absolutely uh, no jealousy for people that don't experience the times that I have. I mean, honestly, with the amount of people that I've talked to in my life, when it comes to uh, whose life has sucked the most, I typically win that one, unfortunately. But I, when I meet people that are doing well, I congratulate them. And I just am so excited for them because they've had a good life. And for those that haven't, that's why I share my story is or stories, you know, is because I want people to know that you can make it to the other side. And when I talk about, um, you know, all the, all the bullshit, you know, like the, the losing, the, the, the house, the family, the kids, the cars, the motorcycle, you know, all that shit, whatever. Um, but what came with that, and this is what a lot of people miss, and honestly, this is, this is one of the things that frustrates me, 
Sorry, I really got to drink a lot of water here. My voice is just dying. But what frustrates me and, and, and what uh, gets missed or overlooked, when you go from making a shit ton of money to making no money and losing all of it because you're an idiot, there's a lot of depression, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of um, bad emotions. And your thinking is not clear. You don't trust people that you once trusted because you're looking at them and your view is, you don't get me. You don't understand me. How would you know? Right? It's all that, all that fucking crazy shit. And so, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with all of that to try to make it to the other side. And, and the reason why I bring this up and the reason why I talk about all of this is because right now we're in COVID-19, the coronas, the, uh, Corona, Tony, whatever you, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. It's some tough stuff, right? But I think I really feel as a country, we forget what the housing crisis was. We have short memories. As a mortgage professional for the last like 22 years, the mortgage crisis was, that's what, that's exactly what took me out. That and um, vast amounts of alcohol. The good news is, we're not going to see that again because we don't have those types of loans and all the, not all can never get rid of all the crooked sons of bitches that are out there, but we sure did filter through a lot of them. So that's, that's the good news. There's not much of that going on out there. The, the other thing that we want to focus on is the fact that as a country, we don't give up. It's not just me. Yeah, of course we have some, you know, deadbeats out there. But I want to give a big, big shout out to uh, to North Dakota. And when I'm talk about North Dakota, and I talk about this to a lot of people, um, you know, daily actually I talk to North Dakota or about North Dakota. So North Dakota specifically in the oil fields and, and and a lot of people think about the oil fields and they just think oh it's a wild wild west and this and that and I'm like well there is some of that right but you know those people I'm really good friends with a lot of those people up there because those people are my people and here's why those people of North Dakota specifically in the oil fields those motherfuckers are not from North Dakota they're from all over the place. Those are the people who came across extremely hard times and didn't want the government bailing their asses out. And what they did is they moved to North Dakota for jobs in the oil field. And they knew if they got those jobs, they could take care of their families, they could recover financially, and one day they could buy a house. They were willing to work for it. And that gives me so much hope because those people are my people. I 
love my North Dakota people. Oh my God. And and what's happening with oil right now? They're some of them got to pack up and leave because they're losing jobs left and right. We we as a country are excited. Oh my gosh, look at how cheap gas prices are. That's affecting a shit ton of families and a shit ton of my friends. And I don't like it. I'm fine paying two bucks a gallon for gas. I don't want to pay 97 cents a gallon. I don't give a shit. I'm not driving anywhere anyways. Fuck's sakes. But those people, people like that, and it's other groups around the country like that that work their ass off. My boys up there in the oil in North Dakota, those sons of bitches are working 90 to 120 hours a week, or they were, till the Middle East and Russia and all that bullshit. A lot of moms up there, a lot of kids up there, and that's what we got to think about as a country. It's not just us. It's not just us here in Minnesota. It's not just us here in, in New York suffering from corona, you know. Sorry, New York, you have a shit ton of people. You live on top of each other. Should have been more responsible faster. It's not Trump's fault. It's not whoever's fault. It's your own fault because you didn't want to listen. Take responsibility for yourself. And that's my whole point of this. I took responsibility for myself. I had, or I do have an ex-wife and I have kids and I have to provide for them. Not so much my ex-wife, but for my kids. I have to take care of them. It's on me. It's not on anyone else. This stimulus check, great. I know a lot of people are hurting, but I've heard so many people that are still working that are going to get it and they're excited about it. And it's like, you're still working. Why do you want that? Really? Why do you want that? I have talked to business owners who don't need the relief funding, but they're going to try and get it anyways. Why? Why? Think long term. And that's the thing. That's my whole thing. Like with all of this, and I'm sorry to be tangent guy, but like with me personally, when I was going through my shit, I didn't count on anyone, not a single soul. All I looked into was my own fucking heart. And I said to myself, there is no one else that is going to make me succeed other than myself. That's it. Handout is just going to make you want more handouts. That's it. The only handouts that I took, I got a couple gas cards from the county. Good buddy of mine gave me a printer and said, I'll pay your cell phone bill for a month. My grandpa said, I have this old shitty computer if you want to use it, which it had a shit ton of viruses on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Keep in mind, this was like, you know, a decade ago. So viruses were like easy to get. Isn't that weird? Computer viruses, coronaviruses, oh my gosh. What are we talking about here, right? 
So the point being is that that we're looking at this pandemic all wrong. Not all of us. I don't want to categorize it. But this is an opportunity for us as a country to get together and and be strong. Together as a unit for once. We've been so divided. And I think if all of us share that message, that's what's going to grow. And that's what's going to count. I don't care who the fuck you want to be in office. I don't care if it's uh, Bernie fucking Sanders, whatever the fuck, or it's Trump or the whatever the guy is. Um, that's how much I pay attention to stuff. Um, but what I'm talking about is think about your own experience. Think about where you're at. Think about where you have been at, what you have been through, what you're currently facing, and think about how you're going to get through that. Do you want to depend on the government? No. I think we want to depend on each other, on ourselves, and on each other. Help a brother out. You help your, you help your fellow man out. You help your fellow woman out. We don't need the government to take care of us. We don't, we don't want that, do we? Really? How lazy are we if we do, right? I mean, that's the way I looked at it. You know, when I was uh, all banged up, and, and again, here's a quick reminder. You know, I went from a 5,000-square-foot house to a car. And not just any car. This was a 1996 Cadillac STS Gold with 176,000 gently used miles. Leather interior, though, I will give you that, which was really sticky when you'd wake up in the summer. It sucked. But I had a roof over my head and a sunroof over my head. <laughs> right? Right? So, here's my bottom line. And this is a bit of a, a short, short version of the, the you know, hoodie at the RPC. Because everybody's got shit to do right now. Not really. We're all sitting at home. But, but hope. We have to have hope. And we cannot continue to buy into fear-mongering and... And the media, it doesn't matter what side of the media it is. It doesn't matter if it's Fox or if it's CNN. It's all bad shit. It's all bad shit. We are still doing strong as a nation. And to give you a clue in mortgages, just just a clue. Just my own personal production or, or, or you know, my activity. So in March, I took 52 mortgage applications. If you don't know, as a guy that that's not a bank, that doesn't have people walking in, that has to go out and hustle and get his shit, that is a fucking shit ton of applications. I am going to close around $4 million in volume over, so it's like 20 loans, which is a shit ton. Like that, that'll be my record in the new era. 
That that's a lot for anyone in the country. That's a lot. Over half of them are purchases. People are buying houses. People are refinancing because rates are good. Rates are fucking good. Things are still going. 90% of the workforce still working. Think of the positives. Don't fall prey to all the negativity. You know, in Minnesota, we just were told we're, you know, shut in until May 4th or what? May 4th or whatever. What the fuck does that even really fucking mean? We're, have you been out there? I mean, okay, really? Okay. Yo, this COVID's really spreading. No, it's really not. In Minnesota, we're the best per capita. We have the lowest infection rate because we know how to wash our hands, social distance, and be responsible. All we got to do is keep doing that, keep working, keep working hard, keep our heads down, keep buying houses, keep refinancing, keep keep doing our shit, and we're in good shape. Sorry. I get a little so boxy every once in a while, but but I get I get annoyed because I talk to so many people every day. Like I have to recharge uh my I have two Bluetooths and I usually blow through one, then the other, and then I grab the other one after it's charged and my phone is plugged in half the day, especially during now because of all the people I talk to and all the people I talk to, I get such a mix and I feel like I have to do this talk all the time about what's really happening out there because people are so scared because they just buy in to the negativity and it just it bothers me and I tell you what all the fucking shit I've been through in my life this is this is just another hurdle it is and I get people are scared I get people are nervous and I'm not insensitive to that but at some point you have to be willing and able to get over that fear of a virus. Think about it and really check out what the CDC is saying, Minnesota Department of Health, whatever state you're in. I know I reach a lot of other states, but look at your state's Department of Health and look at the WHO, World Health Organization. China doesn't even publish numbers. They're like, we're not going to tell you. I wonder why. Weird. So anyways, enough of that. Enough of that bullshit. I want to leave you with um, with something positive. Something that, that I'm really excited about. And, and I think you will be too. So I had, um, I had a client who came to me. This family. And they... They wanted to buy a house really bad. And they had been through some financial hardship previous. They had bad credit. And and uh, so what I did is I gave them instructions. I'm, I'm like, hey, look, if you can pay this, this, and this, I can probably delete. You know, if you can basically, if you can pay off, settle A, B, and C, I can probably get X, Y, and Z deleted. Maybe I can get one of A or B deleted. If not, um, and if you can, um, you know, do those things, you can buy a house. And what was cool, so cool, 
you know, it's a family, you know, couple, it's husband, wife, couple kids, and one, uh, one stepkid in there. So that's how we do it in here, right? We got stepkids. And, uh, which is awesome. Everybody's a mixed family, it seems like. So, uh, they executed. They executed what I needed them to do fast. They got it done. So it inspires me to get what I need to get done even faster. And uh, they got themselves into a nice three-bedroom house. Uh, we just closed on them uh, last month. And, you know, I heard from them today. And there was today I heard from them because they were like, Hey, how you, how's your family living? Everybody healthy? Everybody okay? Because they're just so good. And they just needed a little help, a little inspiration. And that's kind of what inspired me about talking about this shit today was just, I've been through so much shit, so has everybody else. So why are we so focused on just being negative through all this? We've all been through negative shit before. We can get to the other side. We've done it before. We've done it a hundred times, especially as a country. Oh my gosh. Think of the things we've been through. It's amazing. Stay positive. Stay focused. And stay true to who you are. I'm Huddy. I appreciate you checking me out. Loanswithhuddy.com if you want to support the show. Buying or refinance. Stay healthy.